Greetings. I am Dr. Sharma Henderson. Welcome to the Carson Observer Podcast. This is the official podcast for Carson Accountability and Transparency. We connect you with the pillars who shape our community and keep the city running, educate you about the government and how it functions, and inform you about the happenings in Carson and how it impacts your daily life. Today, we are excited to have Carson City Manager David Roberts as our guest. David Roberts was appointed Carson City Manager earlier this year in February. He had previously been serving as the City of Carson's Assistant City Manager since 2018. And he also served our country in the U.S. Army. Thank you so much for your service. Welcome, thank Dave. You. And thank you for being here with us today. We are very appreciative of your time. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you again, Dr. Henderson. Good to see you. Good to see you. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into our questions. And we want to make sure that we're respectful of your time. So just give us a little bit of an idea about who you are and, um, you know, what you do and how the people in Carson know you. Right. So, yeah, I think when it's I saw the, you know, just taking the question of what you as far as who I am, uh, first and foremost, I tell people, you know, I'm a child of God first. I'm a husband, father, um, and I consider myself a self, selfless servant. I've always been a staffer, always one among the people. Um, I like to be among the people rather than just being above the people. Um, and so working with our staff, uh, I've always had the staffer's mentality of servant's heart. And uh, in my position, Typically, you don't get that opportunity to necessarily engage with the employees as often. And so I make it a point that uh, regardless of what the task is in the city, I like to ensure that I'm a part of that. I don't want to have any employee feel as if their position isn't important. And so by being down and working with them uh, alongside them uh, just is something that I enjoy. And again, that just comes from having a servant's heart, I believe. Um, that, that being said, I mean, you already kind of read my bio being a U.S. Uh, veteran, United States Army. And so that's uh, something I'm, I've been extremely proud of, served during 9-11. As far as what and how the residents could get to know me or know about me, it, it's interesting. We used to have, you know, pre-COVID, um, and we just started it back up, where we would work with the uh, we had a homeless resource fair that was handled by our community services department. And I remember I can recall one day I was out there. We had some homeless folks there, a number of services to provide them. And at the end of the event, we had trash containers around. And of course, as I typically would come to work in a suit again, pre-COVID, um, I proceeded to ensure that we needed to clean up because we needed to clean the property, our, our, our location up. And so I took the trash bags, boxes, began to throw them in the dumpster. And as soon as I did that, one of the maintenance guys ran over to me and said, Mr. Roberts, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, we, we got to clean up. We have we have time frame here and the, the, the parking lot stays clean. He says, you can't do that. I said, why? He says, because at the time I was assistant city manager. He says, you're assistant city manager. I said, well, what's your position? He says, I'm a maintenance worker. I said, are you an employee of the city? He said, yes. I said, well, so am I. So let's get this trash up. And so I think that just kind of showed uh, employees that it isn't to me. I'm not been a bit big about titles. 
uh, versus just being able to be with the with the people. And so employees and residents alike could get to know me by seeing me just putting my hands to the plow, if you will. Excellent. Um, I will say that I am a witness to that attitude and that mentality. And, you know, we don't have an official host for our podcast, but there are a couple of folks where I said, I want to do that interview. And this was one of them. And so um, definitely respect that role in positioning and seeing yourself as a servant leader, because it makes such a difference to position yourself amongst the people um, as opposed to above them. And it shows. So um, thank you for that. So now you're the city manager. So for people who have no idea what a city manager is or what a city manager does, what is a city manager? So a city manager is um, what I like to consider really a jack of all trades. And this individual is someone who can handle all personnel actions who can delve into the finance aspect of the city, who, who oversees the economic development and vitality of the city, someone that ensures the public safety for the city, someone that wants the infrastructure completed and ensure projects are handled, taken on and succeeding uh, in the city. And so that individual has to be well-rounded, well-versed, but that but more importantly, that individual has to be an empathetic leader, has to be able to balance and be very versatile in being able to engage and understand all aspects and issues that come before them. And so it's a very unique position. There's only 488 or so city managers in the state of California. And so to be one of them, leads me to a, a again a, a humble uh, opportunity and a humble perspective so so as you know with um carson accountability and transparency we do our best to educate residents in a civic manner and to kind of break down what happens in local government and so um as we know we have our city council and they're elected and they basically appoint or hire a city manager to do essentially everything that needs to be done. So I want, you know, our residents to understand that when you look at the hierarchy, so to speak, in the organizational chart for the city as a city manager, there, there you are. And then every other position, staffing, employment, managerial, administrative position flows under the leadership and direction of the city manager. So that being said, what does a day for you look like? Like if you if you you have to be involved with everything that's happening in the city, is there a typical day? <laughs> you know that that's funny. Uh, I've, I've been asked this question before. Uh, what's a typical day? And to be honest with you, there is no typical day. Uh, I, I think every day is different. I do have a calendar. I like to um, have my days organized by calendar. And I can tell you every day that I have something calendared, it gets rearranged. Some I have to counsel, ensuring that council's directives, as you stated, Dr. Henderson, are being addressed because council's directives are coming from the constituents of the city of Carson. 
and some Carson residents say, Council Member A, B, C, we want to see this done. They immediately take those requests and pass them to me. And I'm basically the gopher, right? If it's whatever that is, if it's, again, if it's parks that need to be addressed, if it's streets, if it's firework complaints, if it's um, issues, even when it comes to a law enforcement perspective, code, uh, parking, and then that's on the exterior, not to mention the things that occur interior wise. And so uh, my days are just, they shuffle throughout and it's, it's never the same. I wish I could say yes, Monday through Thursday or Monday through Sunday, my days look like this, but it's all over the place. And I like it because it isn't not one day that goes by that it's monotonous. It's always different. And I, I love change. And so if you're not comfortable with change, then you will be comfortable in a position like this. Because change, as we know, is inevitable and it just happens to be every day changing and evolving. So it's just well, it's just really every day is unique. So so speaking of change, I'm going to input a, a, a question if you can indulge me. So you went from assistant city manager to now city manager. You've observed the city manager position and surely there's a career trajectory that existed for you and you envisioned yourself doing either that position or something else. But now you're the city manager. What has been the biggest either surprise or change or difference that you didn't expect now that you're in those actual shoes? Because it's one thing to see it and to consider it. What has that been for you? That's a great question. Um, I think the biggest change that I've noticed or just maybe the being able, even when you try to expect the affected, for me, I believe what I've noticed currently and recently has been the response of my staff. Um, because there were changes whenever time, anytime there's a change in leadership and administration, whether it's a presidential election, whether it's one of your local elections, or even to the place of a city uh, changing its main main administrator, which is a city manager position, you're always going to have uh, different differences of opinion and management styles. And I believe my management style is really more entrusting the people to do what they're supposed to do versus um, seeking to find error in their in their actions. And so because of that, what I found is employees are excited to work. They're excited to do the job that they've been hired to do. And mm-hmm. it's kind of taken, taken me back a bit because it just wasn't that same type of um, experience within the city in the last couple of years. And so having that and seeing that, seeing the joy, seeing the passion, seeing the diligence of our employees wanting to work, wanting to serve the residents and provide the services has been really um, a a pleasant and uh, exciting change for me to see because that's just, that's all the employees wanted to do. They wanted to come to do their job and 
they're having the ability and the opportunity to do that again. And so that's what I'm, I'm most, uh, excited about. Well, that's great. And that, that's exciting. I know, um, you and I have had a little bit of a, a chat before we came on to the podcast and, uh, what I do want to carry over from that was my excitement at your appointment. And I knew by default that the employees would be excited. And so it's been really nice to have a good change and something to celebrate and to really have the ability to sit back and watch that good thing happen. And I mean that sincerely. Of all of the things, you know, I try to stay active in the city. COVID has gotten in that way (laughs) a lot. So I do miss my ability to participate on a broader level immensely. Um, However, there's still a lot going on and a lot that I keep track of. And um, at noting that you were placed in that position, it was one of those things where I got to just sit back and be like, oh, okay, (laughs) like this is cool. You know, so um, it's been a, a very positive thing for the city. So that being said, what are your goals for the city? What are, what's your vision? And have you been able to implement some of those things. I know you talked about the servant leadership role and how you see yourself amongst the staff and the workers for the city. What, how would you characterize your overall vision? What would you want to see a city of Carson look like under your leadership? No, that's a great question. I think first and foremost, the responsibility of the city manager in any city is always to uh, despite everything we discussed before, whether it's talking about personnel issues, whether it's the infrastructure, economic development, which is always important, safety, public safety, those are all not priorities of cities, but every priority of a city manager should be and typically um, being balanced fiscally at the end of the new, at the end of the fiscal year and going into the new fiscal year. And so my initial goal for me that I gave myself was that we would have a structurally balanced budget going into the new fiscal year under my leadership, providing and bringing in new businesses and and and, and ensuring revenue generation is happening. Um, but again, all those things are wonderful. Infrastructure is important. Ensuring that uh, personnel issues are being handled, but if you don't have a structurally balanced budget, it makes it very difficult for a city to run programs, to run services for the residents because there isn't fiscal resources to take care of those things because we know in order for things to happen, it takes money, you know? And so that's, that's been my number one goal, first and foremost, as a city manager, but not to rank one of the other in addition to that is ensuring that there's going to be um, accountability, but then also uh, true um, training involved for for employees and that employees would be treated fair and equitable. Uh, I use the the 3T method. So we we always want to teach employees. We always want to train employees. And then we want to trust them at the end. I'm not a very big quotes guy, um, but one of one quote that I always love and I always took from uh, was from Richard Branson, who was the CEO of Virgin. And he said once, you should treat employees 
employees or train employees well enough that they can leave, but you should treat them also well enough that they won't want to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm that really just treating people with respect, treating them as if they're appreciated and needed versus um, a, a, a commodity. And so it's, it's been, it's been a goal of mine to ensure that the morale of the city is up and it's raised so that employees again, feel safe, feel secure, and they, they enjoy coming to work. And I believe um, encapsulates even moving into that fiscally structurally balanced budget. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And that's an excellent, excellent quote. Like if you, if you're going to have a quote um, in that position, um, I I think that that's a a good one to have because there's been a lot of staff turnover and um, one of the hot topics in the city has been employee morale. And that particular quote speaks directly to that. So that's um, an excellent point to, to work from. So thank you for sharing that. So speaking of uh, budget, right? So we have this structurally balanced budget. So that's been this buzzword um, that we've been hearing about the budget. So what's the big deal about, what is a structurally balanced budget? And what's the big deal about having a structurally balanced budget? And we know that things have been very different because of COVID funding coming in from the CARES Act and all of those things. So will we be able to continue to have this structurally balanced budget moving forward? Yes, I, I believe so. And you're right. The the buzzword most people think of balanced budgets or they hear balanced budgets and, and there is a difference. And so just in in a brief statement and explanation of a structurally balanced budget versus a balanced budget, a balanced budget to where your revenues, uh, your expenditures exceed your revenues. So as an example, our expenditures are $10 million, but our revenues are $8 million. Therefore, we are in the whole $2 million. Be balanced, which you're required to in most cities and every city, is to be minimally ba- at least balanced when you go into the So you have to find a, uh, a way to bring your budget balanced. And that that, def, that difference in deficits that you have, and so a lot of times cities will go into what is known as your reserve budget or your reserve balance, better known as your savings account, if you will. Mm-hmm. Pull two million dollars from that, so that now you're equal. Your expenditures of ten million equal your revenues of now ten million, but that one time fund those two million dollars that brings you to zero. The problem is. Your expenditures keep going into the new fiscal year, which equate to $10 million. And your revenues, because you haven't brought in new business, still is only going to bring you $8 million. Therefore, you're going to have to borrow again from revenue to balance your budget. That's that old adage, robbing Peter to pay Paul, pay back Bartholomew. That's where that comes from, right? And so when you're talking about a structurally balanced budget, a structurally balanced is always balanced because I don't have to go into our reserves to make up the difference. So you want to ensure that the business that you're bringing in matches the output that's going out. And so that's the main difference. A lot of times you can have a structurally balanced budget where, uh, as was the case last year, as we hope for the case this year, where you actually have a, a surplus. 
And typically when you have surplus, that will give you a sign of a structurally balanced budget. But I, I would say, I would love to take all for that, but I'd have to say we have, and I always say he's the best. Um, so I know that's hard to say, but we have one of the best, I say the best finance directors in California, Mr. Tariq Rahmani. It's not a coincidence from my opinion, my professional opinion that we have a structurally balanced budget only because of Mr. Tariq Rahmani and his principles and understanding of uh, municipal government and budget from the city of Seattle implemented measures that was done there to and brought them here to the city of Carson. And now we're reaping the benefits of that labor. And so I'm most appreciative of, of Tariq um, uh, and his team. They do a phenomenal job for the city. And again, despite, as you mentioned, with COVID and a lot of deficiencies and not seeing a lot of revenue come in, we are looking to still have a structurally balanced budget. I will be presenting the council a structurally balanced budget this year. Uh, I'm not believing that our surplus will be as high as last year. We'll have a structurally balanced budget. And so as long as the city council would say the same, that's what will be adopted. Now, of course, they could always um, change that to say certain needs and these for the same option they want to they want to adopt. But what will be presented to them is a structurally balanced budget. And so, you know, again, I'm appreciative of our finance team, Ronnie and his and staff for what they've done. They've done a tremendous job and uh, they'll continue to do that. Thank you so much for giving us that um, explanation because it's really important that our residents understand how budgets work. And we're going to be doing some budget education with um, Carson Accountability and Transparency so that our residents understand what our revenue sources are for the city and what they're not, you know, one of the number one things that um, people will say to me is, you know, my tax dollars, my tax dollars. And I'm like, yeah, city of cars is not getting your tax dollars, you know? Um, but a lot of our residents, unfortunately don't understand how our dependent our city is on local business. You know, um, we get a lot of our revenue from business tax, sales tax and things like that. You know, we get, you know, pennies on the dollar when it comes to property taxes, and they're not aware of that, you know, um, and, and really having an idea of how expenses take place as well. And for all of the things that we enjoy in the city, um, one of the things that we haven't had during COVID very much of our events, but things like that cost money, <laughs> you know, and every little bit of it has a price attached to it from salaries, supplies, all of those things. So to be able to have a structurally balanced budget, um, given the circumstances, was a huge uh, accomplishment. And I look forward to seeing how uh, you present it and how you guys are going to be maintaining that, um, because it is very important for us to um, rebuild our reserves, you know, um, there's been a lot of dipping into that to balance the budget over the past several years, you know, um, and then we've had some losses in terms of not being able to have the outlets and things like that that we were looking forward to in terms of revenue. And so we're compensating for those kinds of things. So, you know, um, I'm hoping that we can get our residents a little bit more 
excited and interested in how the budget process works in the city so that, you know, as you stated at the onset of our conversation, that really the way that directives should take place is from residents to the council, to the city manager, and then to the staff. And so, but in order for our residents to articulate effectively what they need and want, they have to have a better idea of what they're working with. So thank you for sharing that information with us. So moving forward with our conversation, um, we did receive some of the um, CARES Act funding. We've been going through the pandemic. You know, um, you've been along for that ride. How has the pandemic affected the city functioning and budgeting and, and those things? Like any city, everyone has been affected in some way, shape, or form because of COVID. It's just become the new normal, as we've stated, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would say, and I, I want to make a make a reference here. Though every city has had to embattle COVID in 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 various manners and some very similar ways as well, the city of Carson, in particular, we were the very first city in the United States to have its own COVID testing site. Um, and I say that because I was given that task. So it was at ground zero, if you will, about that and how that was to be incorporated and how that was be, to be implemented. Now, despite all the things we mentioned earlier from your questioning as to what a city manager does, one thing I can tell you that I did not do, nor do I have a background in, is in the medical field. So I don't have a medical degree. I didn't go to medical school. So to ask me to provide and create and implement a COVID testing site, not understanding truly what COVID was back then two and a half years ago, I would have told you impossible. I was given and tasked this COVID testing site center to happen. I had a week's time to get it implemented, but with the assistance of our staff, who stepped up again, not knowing at the time what COVID was about and willing to test any resident and any person who was willing to drive to the city of Carson and go through our makeshift drive-through Carson, uh, Carson testing site was huge. Uh, seeing how the employees ultimately put their lives on the line to see the betterment of their family members, their residents, other uh, 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 cities around that surrounded us was was tremendous. We became the model of how testing sites were done. I used to get calls from several different companies throughout the U.S. Can we come to your testing site? Can we see what you do? Can we see how this is done? Can you explain to us? Can you give us your PowerPoint? Could you show us the plans of what you did? It was all really on a makeshift fly by the employees. And so being able to head that project, get that implemented and, and, and go into that was, was tremendous for us for, from a city. It really showed the Carson resiliency and the commitment to service. Uh, again, speaking to that selfless service aspect, it really was an impeccable way that employees displayed their commitment to the city of Carson and, and to their family and friends. And so uh, I would say, first of all, that I was extremely proud of that. 
But in particular, when it comes to like the fiscally challenged aspect of it, we were like other cities able to get um, care funding with this reimbursement through FEMA. There were some that we also were able to get care, um, I'm sorry, ARPA funding, which is the American Rescue Plan Act. And so that was all allocated by the adoption and approval of the city council to be applied to our infrastructure, as we talked about. So we'll see some of our streets being repaved, sidewalks being re, uh, redone. Um, we'll see also businesses uh, during that time we had a rent assistance program where we were helping businesses to pay small businesses pay rent for them. We were providing loans to businesses for those that were suffering because of the lack of um, attendance and goods being purchased at their stores, retail stores hurting. Then most recently because of the uh, American Rescue uh, Plan Act funding, council also approved a grant program for small businesses as well as a forgiveness program for those that we gave loans to at zero interest. We forgave those loans. Then we said, also, we understand we need to get you back on your feet as well as things begin to open up. So let's provide some grant opportunity to help either with some uh, facade improvements, whether it's be uh, to be marketing materials for you and your business to attract people to come and purchase. And the interesting fact and note here is the city of Carson, our sex, we were able to focus and find that over 70% of the sales tax that Carson receives are from non-residents. Mm -hmm. That's tremendous considering we're not considered a quote unquote destination city. So to see 70% of your sales tax revenue coming from outside of the city to be provided here tells us that we've got something. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to ensure that our small businesses, you know, small businesses, what really pushes and thrives business economically. We wanted to ensure that we could protect as many small businesses as we can. And so that was the main aspect uh, from a financial perspective thus far here um, with, with COVID. Awesome. I want to take a, a give a quick shout out to the COVID task force. Um, I know a lot of folks on that team personally, you know, several of them speak to my heart and a lot of those um workers, um, they put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and you guys had everything going from food distribution, all of the assistance programs, um, you started doing vaccinations on top of the testing, and um, that COVID task force really, you guys did a great job. So we, I extend personal appreciation for the efforts um, in that regard. So we talked a lot about money, the budget, CARES Act, all of those things, you mentioned that you're going to be giving your presentation on the budget. So if a resident wants to learn about the budgeting process, know where we are, how would they get any of that information? That's a great question. So actually, April 19th will be our budget workshop number two. And so every work presented to the city council also available via Zoom. Uh, we record and we rerun. So anyone can go to the city website and find it, search it, looking for the budget workshop. We'll have our third budget workshop in the month of May. Then we'll have our of the of the budget in June, the first week of June, to be implemented for July 1st. And so any resident can go to the city website, find it, rewatch it. They can always uh, send questions or inquiries again to it's most appropriate for them to send it to their council members. 
However, if they just have a question they want to ask, they want to, uh, you know, find out about it, they can always call office and have that addressed to uh, uh, city council. But our finance director does a great job in really minimizing a lot of them when it comes to numbers and just basically the, the hard line facts. And so that way, as you all state in your name, transparency, he's just very transparent with his numbers so everyone can see it. And he's always makes this available to, to, to know more about it. Great. Thank you. So there's been a lot of changes with city staff, um, department head changes, city clerk's office, human resources, um, city manager. Um, how have these changes affected the city's um, functioning? And I do know that you did share some information about your role and the effect that it's had on employee morale and your intentions with that. Um, but those are very big changes, you know, city clerk's office, city manager and HR. What do you see that impact looking like now as the city looks to move forward with really three key positions with new leaders at the helm? The city clerk, which is an appointed position, um, we were the council was able to uh, Dr. Clea Bradshaw, who actually we um, stole, as I say, from Cal State University, Dominguez Hills, was brought. She's done a, a wonderful job in really just getting her staff and that team acclimated to uh, the city processes, procedures. Um, there's always uh, different challenges that come, but we just look at it as another opportunities to even be better and to be able to serve the city of Carson. Um, well, when it comes to human resources, it's such a key vital function. Obviously, I like to call it the heartbeat of an internal organization, whether it's a city, whether it's a private business, wherever it is that you may work, having someone to come in to be the head that wants to take on the living and changing culture, it is important. And, and we're actually in the process of that recruitment process now. Unlike what we've done in before, I've changed that that's uh, a bit, but have a little insight for oversight when it comes to this. I've advised is we will go through the process as normal. We're using an outside firm, so we're using the recruitment firm. And the uh, process of interviews will actually be done by union presidents. So we'll get all the union presidents together to have them sit down and interview the HR director or the potential wow. candidates. Then from that process, it will go to the HR department. And the, the staff will sit down and ask questions with the HR uh, applicants, HR director applicants. And then the final procedure prior to selection will be the executive team will have a sit down and will also have questions, uh, Q&As with the uh, HR final candidates for the HR director position. And based upon that uh, process, they will bring to me, they being all three different divisions there, um, whom they believe at, on a majority aspect would be the best HR director. And that's who we will select. Therefore, it isn't my HR director or who I selected, but it's who we selected. Mm -hmm. And and so that person, that role is going to be imperative in ensuring that the culture, um, the, the processes and procedures of human resources is handled well. Again, we talked about an empathetic leader we need somebody that can lead. We need somebody that can uh, 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 teach. We need someone that can 
also understand policy and procedure, but then also has to have high character. You know, uh, it's important that you can't expect your employees to follow process and procedure and then you not do the same. So we want to ensure that that happens. And the best way we can do do that is ensuring that we have the right fit. And it isn't based upon my thoughts and ideas, but all of ours. It's collective effort. And so collaboratively, we will be selecting our director, uh, hopefully within the next two to four weeks. Wow, that that is, I'm blown away. <laughs> that is a, I mean, talk about culture change from a leadership perspective. And um, very astute, by the way, to do it that way, given a lot of the issues that have taken place in the city over the past several years in regards to HR, our union representatives, and our staff, um, to do it in that way. Um, it, and, and really, that's a, a very a rigorous process. And um, I mean, but you're really elevating what the city's doing in that regard. So I, I take my hats off to you because one, it, it it extends the process, but it definitely is well worth the um, the time because people need to hear about what's going on with the city manager and this leadership change because that something like that is awesome. And it also speaks to your character and operating from, you know, you talk about humility, you know. Being humble means setting your personal opinions and things like that in a deferred level, really. You're deferring to these other entities to bring to you who they think, as opposed to here are the people that I think you should be looking at. You're telling them, no, you tell me who I should be looking at, and we're going to make this decision together based on your in your opinion so i i applaud you that i'm i'm very very impressed they'll probably have to cut some of this out of the uh podcast i don't care because that this is that's very impressive <laughs> I, i'm very very happy to hear that so thank you for that so absolutely let's let's shift to a, a another big carson topic development right development you know sometimes <laughs> Carson reminds me a little bit about like the UCs and the Cal States you know most of you know you think of like a UCLA where they've had you know constant construction on their campus I think except for like maybe D-Day or something crazy like that like it was like literally like one day in the, their history that they haven't had construction and Carson has always been known for having land, some usable and some not. And we've always been known to be poised for development. And we're in a space where it's really coming to fruition. So what's happening in that arena right now? What's going on with the infamous 157 acre project and what other things are we going to see? I mean, you know, I can barely get down Avalon now because of the Chick-fil-A and, you know, <laughs> so what else are we going to see? So we know it's frustrating for residents to be frustrated sitting in Avalon from one light to the next, taking them 10 minutes just to cross. But it's going to be all worth the wait. We said and we've asked for a grocery store to come. We've been able to produce that with Aldi. Aldi's now occupying the space there in South Pavilion Bay um, at the mall. And so there are so many projects that are happening that 
some that we're all aware of because we see the construction, others that haven't broken ground yet, but are in the pipeline. But I will say overall, the city of Carson will be a lighthouse who's not be hid. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Carson, get ready. There are some amazing things that are going to be coming. Uh, and I and 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 I say that uh, I say that with um, every ounce and entity in my body within the next six to twelve months, you are going to see some amazing things. It's going to be extremely exciting for this city and for neighboring cities around. So I'm going to take an opportunity to plug one of the things that we've discussed um, where our board is doing a special development issue for the Carson Observer, where we want to, um, you know, educate our community on the things that have happened in terms of development, how we ended up where we are with some of these projects and the usefulness and lack thereof of some of our parcels. And then to also discuss not only where we're going, but People don't know about the Planning Commission and what that's about. People don't know about the um, different entities that are affiliated with the city. People don't know about, and I don't know the name of the website, but, um, and you can can uh, clarify it for me because I know I have the link saved in my um, browser where you can click on a lot of these projects and you can see the specs and there are these beautiful graphics for some of them that will show up and, you know, show the different phases. And so we have information there that's accessible. We just need our residents to know how to tap into it. So we're really wanting to, to push that. So I'm excited to hear about some of these things that are happening now. Where is that in and out going to be? So the so the in and out is gonna is gonna be on off of Avalon. So it's gonna create some more traffic. I know we just got Chick Fil A, we, oh, <laughs> we just wow. got Canes. So now we're gonna throw in and out here. But I think when you all see, you know, these are really just small pieces to a larger puzzle that's going to be incorporated, and. Um, Mark my words when I say that you all are going to be shocked and in awe as to what your council members and the city staff is bringing to the residents. It is, it is amazing. It is, a, it is really amazing. And, and it's due for Carson long over able to be uh, among everyone during this time. You know, I, I, I pushed for um, a long time about the city developing a partnership with the university. That was something that I, I lamented and I pushed and I'm glad to finally see it happening. And I have people texting me all the time like, oh, my God, there's Dominguez Hills banners, you know, going up and down the street. You know, um, it's it's great to see that we are um, finally looking like a university town, so to speak, um, and seeing that partnership come to to fruition and they're having some development taking place there and that 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 campus needs some TLC and so um things like having an in and out is going to be wonderful not just for our residents but for our students you know who for many of them are temporary residents so to speak and we have you know people don't understand that between Cal State LA and Dominguez Hills they're the two top producer of teaching credentials in the state of California <laughs> so yes. you know um there are a lot of people who come to Carson for education. 
And, you know, we do have students who are residential. So for them to have an in and out that they can easily access places that are open later, you know, folks who are taking classes at night, you know, that's been an, a, a population that we haven't catered to. So in as much as I, you know, have to remind myself to get all the way over to the left when I'm coming down Avalon, <laughs> you know, it's exciting to see those kinds of things pop up because those are the things that, you know, are young people, our college age students, you know, are looking for. And that's going to make the university more appealing to them when they think about going to school in Carson, pursuing education in Carson. So um, thank you for pushing those projects. And I'm excited to see how that goes moving forward. So um, I will definitely be reaching back out to you when we pull together that development issue so that we could push those things and, and certainly um, highlight some things for the students and for the university to be able to share with potential students because that's they're going to thrive and that's going to help us thrive. And like I said, you know, we could really use even more money from our businesses in terms of revenue for the city. So this is really exciting stuff. So we talked about the outlets. You know, we're not going to get into the details of the lawsuit or anything, but has there been any other plans? Like what's going to happen with that space? Do we know yet? Are there any things that you can share about what might be there? Right. And again, because of litigation, I can't go into specifics. Um, I can tell you that, um, again, staff has been working um, based upon the, you know, the directive of counsel, as well as just trying to figure things out. Um, we don't want that, that, that property to lie desolate. We know it's prime. We know it's, uh, uh, you know, the best location in, in, in the United States. And I say that because we know that the 405 and that area, that corridor right there, uh, where the 157 acres uh, is located, we've already done studies. We've seen that over 300,000 cars at that location wow. daily. That is now officially the largest most traveled freeway in the United States. To know that we have all these major airports, to know we have those oil refineries, to know that we have two major ports here in, you know, that, that had that positions Carson as the number one logistics uh, location in the world. These, these particular, for these particular reasons, I, I say that there's going to be um, a buzz and excitement from uh, Carson. And again, because of my limitations on what I can say, all I can say is Carson, our motto is future unlimited. And that's exactly what you're going to see. That's wonderful. Listen, um, you know, I mentioned a couple of times that we have our print publication the uh, Carson Observer, and that goes to every single household in the city of Carson. And so um, our intention is to educate and engage our residents on what's happening in the city. And all of this is good information. So please, as you are doing things, as things are coming up, there's anything that you want the residents to know about, something that you want to see placed there, you want us to push 
use us as a resource. We'd be more than happy to get that information out there to our residents because at the end of the day, you know, a good Carson for business, a good Carson for residents, a good Carson for the university, a good Carson for staff is a good Carson for all of us. And not only is it good for all of us, it's good for our regional neighbors as well. You know, we've spent a lot of time, we go to Long Beach, we go to Torrance, you know, we're going to Gardena for this. And now people are starting to come to Carson for those things that we used to go to other places for. So it's yes. good to see all of this stuff happening. So please, um, we look forward to working together to get that information out. So what else would you like to share? You know, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Is there anything else that that excites you about Carson or anything else that you want to share that you're looking forward to? What else can we expect? You know, I, I well, first, uh, let me say again, um, I'm honored, I'm humbled, um, and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that you have all taken your time to invite me to be part of this wonderful discussion uh, with Carson, uh, accountability and transparency. And so, uh, again, I look to partner with you all, love for you to be a part of anything that we're doing in the Carson, uh, the city of Carson, because you all, all, you all are part of the city of Carson. And so um, in saying that, you know, what, what it excites me is there's just so many things, some I can share and some that I won't. But one thing I will say is we haven't mentioned and we're going to be getting and publicizing this out. You know, Carson turns 55 next year. Yeah. So we are going to be setting up for our 55th anniversary. We're going to send out a survey uh, that'll be done through Survey Monkey and sending out to all the residents uh, on, on the, uh, you know, in, Internet and uh, technology uh, spaces, but we'll also put it in print for those that aren't as technologically savvy uh, for our seniors and so forth. Um, but we want to start gaining volunteers. We have a subcommittee that's been created. Uh, we're, we've got some general categories and ideas of what we want to do. And so we want to start, now start recruiting, if you will, and, and bringing in uh, the residents, because ultimately this is the city of Carson's birthday. And so we want everyone to be involved. We want everyone to participate. So whoever wants to volunteer, will have an opportunity to do that. So I'll ensure that we send you all the link that you have that, that you receive the survey, you can send out to residents as well. Um, so I'm definitely excited about that. Um, but I think three things I can say outside of just the 55th anniversary next year. One, what excites me about Carson and we know is, is the residents. And, I, and when I say that, I say really it's the diversity, the diversity of this city. Uh, it shows America what unity and peace uh, can look like when dwelling together. And so it, there's no other city that can, can, can claim what a unified, diverse city can look like. And so knowing what I know that's coming futuristically for us um, makes it even more so uh, of an excitement that I have uh, inside. Secondly, I would just say the raw resources that we have. Uh, we've already already mentioned it. You know, the land space that we have, our own university in our own city, uh, having all these, you know, large revenue generation opportunities that are coming before us is tremendous. Uh, projects that are being introduced, projects that are being discussed right at this moment that I think anybody in a country would would um, you know, jump at the opportunity to have knowing that we have these things on the horizon is tremendous to me. That's what it excites me. Uh, again, with these raw resources, 
But lastly, um, and to me, uh, most importantly, is our employees. Um, I've worked in various municipalities, uh, federal, I've worked for the federal uh, government, I've worked in private sector, um, and I've never witnessed the humility, uh, the honesty, and the hard work um, from the people of Carson, the staff that I, I've had the, the pleasure of serving with. Um, there's no other place that I would rather be and no other staff that I would rather serve than these great folks here in the city of Carson. Um, that excites me every day. It motivates me to come in and to be able to serve them because I see the way that they serve our residents. And so um, that excites me more than really anything else because I know that just from a social uh, 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 perspective, we know that when COVID went and came, uh, the opportunity to engage and to interact was was really diminished. And, and so getting back into that, being able to see people again, see people smiling faces, um, being seeing people being able to um, just interact with one another and how they serve and do it um, without hesitation. Um, it, it, it just, it really invigorates me to ensure that we're going to do everything we can to see that our residents are satisfied. And that really starts with the staff that I've had the pleasure to serve with. And so those three things really though excite me right now, um, just because again, uh, I have not seen anything on this wise in any municipality that I've been a part of. And so um, again, just truly grateful uh, and thankful for, for this time. Uh, and, you know, I think the connectability also for me uh, makes it special. Uh, being um, of African-American and Asian descent, seeing that we have our first, you know, African-American and Asian uh, female vice president sitting in office, uh, being able to connect and knowing uh, that I share the same name as uh, African-American and Asian uh, uh, manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, is a unique aspect as well. And so, um, you know, having having a, a understanding of of our cultures and being able to ingratiate myself with the city, uh, I think really just serves for me. Um, puts me at, a, at an advantage that I don't think most uh, city managers or therefore candidates there could even could even say. And so I'm excited by that. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here moving forward. And I'm definitely uh, ecstatic that the fact that Carson Accountability and Transparency is able to see these things happening uh, when others may not. And so, again, for that, I'm thankful. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Um, before we wrap up, let us know if people want to get in touch with the city. Um, they have a question about something. Um, I know that that you want them to definitely utilize their uh, our, our city council members and we have our districts now. So we definitely have those. But if they want to call contact the city, how does somebody contact the city for whatever it is that they might need? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So our city website, we actually have a if it's a problem or issue from a you know construction or even um, home based issue, uh, we have what's known as iWorks. They can go to our city website and click on iWorks, put 
their name, Forest Department, we'll get back to them. If they have a general question, they're not sure, they can go to the city website. We have our phone numbers listed there. They can go and request and process a question through our internet availability uh, for questions that they may have. They can call. We have receptionists that are available to take their phone calls, uh, always trying to provide customer service for our, our residents. Um, if they absolutely do not like those avenues and they say, we just want to hear from the horse's mouth what is happening, they can click on the little city manager button. They can click on my ugly photo and go ahead and send the question or, or a phone call my way. And I'll be happy to um, happy to answer anything that they that they that they question. And I don't think for one moment our residents have a difficulty asking questions and getting in contact with me because they've done a great job of it thus far in my first 90 days here. So I just want to thank them all for feeling free. And I do have a door policy. So by all means, anybody, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, be patient with me as, as I, as I'm fielding all these calls and, and emails, but absolutely um, they can reach any one of us at the city by going to the city's website, call, email, um, you know, or come to City Hall if if need be, um, and we'll be happy to service them. And so uh, our job, again, is just to service the, the the residents as best we can. And so anything that we can do to answer their questions and, and, and provide a solution to a problem that they have is, is our delight. Okay, and we'll be sure that at the end of this episode, we'll tack on a screen with the main contact information for the city and the city's website so that folks who may not be aware of how to get there will direct them to that. So listen, Dave, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, for your graciousness, for your service to our city. These are exciting times. I'm really excited about the work that you've done in your role already being an assistant city manager, you know, um, you served us well in that role. And it's a wonderful thing to see you in this new role and to see these things happening for the city with you at the helm. And I know that our city staff, that they're excited and there's just a new thing happening in that regard in Carson. And so it's really a relief to see that happening and it's a joy to see it happening and I'm really excited to um, experience that along with you so we at Carson Accountability and Transparency we thank you and we look forward to maintaining and keeping our partnership going because our whole goal is to just have a great Carson and we know that we're going to get there with your partnership and your leadership so thank you so much for your time and for your effort for your energy and for um, blessing us with all of this wonderful information. This is really good for our city and we're just here in gratitude. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening to the Carson Observer Podcast, connecting, educating, and informing residents and the stakeholders of the city of Carson. Take care and be on the lookout for future editions. <laughs>